Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we had two dynamic episodes coming out. The first one was with Overhaul, and that episode I filmed and recorded right on the floor at the Manifest Conference. And I can't wait for you to hear it because we're talking all about supply chain risk and what you need to know to move forward in the new normal. So go and check that out. It's episode 246, wherever you subscribe to the podcast. It's on our YouTube channel, as well as on letstalksupplychain.com. We also had this month's episode of Blended, and I was joined by another fantastic panel to talk about community and culture. The guests shared their personal experiences. We talked about how culture and community shape us as people, what we can learn from each other, and we reflected on the power to be found in embracing those differences and in and out of the workplace. So that was episode 247, wherever you subscribe to the Let's Talk Supply Chain podcast, or you can find it over on letstalksupplychain.com under listen and click on blended. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. And now a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's business intelligent platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O.com today. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. This week I am going to be at TPM Tech and I'm excited to see all of you there. Today I'm joined by a business that is utilizing next generation artificial intelligence to enable logistics companies to better plan, optimize, and automate strategic, tactical, and real-time operational decisions. Can you guess who it is? Well, I'll reveal them after the poll of the week. So the poll, the question that we asked you on the poll of the week was, have you had meaningful conversations about your work-life balance? 43% of you said occasionally, but not enough. Leaders, listen up because this is the community talking to us and telling us that we need to have more conversations about work-life balance. 32% said yes consistently. 
24% said no, not just yet. So occasionally a no actually comes up to 67%, which is something we definitely, definitely need to change. Ruthie says, I started referring to it as work-life harmony, and this helped get rid of the tug-of-war feeling I have had in my life. Alicia says, having school-age children, I've discovered my perfect balance is 30 hours per week, but difficult to find. Xavier, this really opened up my mind. Most professionals seem to value the quantity of workovers, work hours over the value of those hours. I think individuals will gain a lot more freedom in their work-life balance if they have these conversations. Keith says, this is a great question as the lack of work-life balance often drives workers away, even if pay and benefits are above average. Well, thank you so much to everybody who participated in our poll of the week. Come back every Wednesday morning because we are asking you a question and getting the community involved. So now back to today's podcast and which cutting edge technology company is joining me today? Well, it's Optimal Dynamics. Optimal Dynamics was founded to bring advanced AI to the logistics industry in order to help companies automate and optimize operations. A byproduct of 40 years of world-leading research and development, Optimal Dynamics underlying technology has managed billions of dollars of assets for some of the largest companies in the world. Today, Daniel Powell, founder and CEO at Optimal Dynamics, joins me to chat all about the company, what they do, the role of education and innovation, and why fully realized AI solutions are the future of supply chain. But before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Daniel. Daniel is the founder and CEO of Optimal Dynamics, a fast-growing company that deploys next-generation artificial intelligence solutions for some of the logistical industry's most complicated challenges. When he's not working with his New York and Prince Instant-based teams, he's training for triathlons, practicing his skills in the kitchen, and spending time with his two rescue dogs, Clifford and Chloe. So welcome to the show, Daniel. Hey, Sarah. It's great to be here. I am so excited to have you here. I mean, when I was doing my research for the show, there was a lot that jumped out at me about you personally, about the business. There were things I'd never heard of before and things that really captured my attention. So I'm really looking forward to this and let's just dive right in. But before we really get into optimal dynamics, I want to talk about your journey a little bit because I think it's fascinating. You interned at Merrill Lynch, which is notoriously hard work. Then you worked on a research project at Princeton before founding Optimal Dynamics. So give us a glimpse into that journey and how and why you came to found the company. Yeah. So when I was first in school, I, you know, I more thought I wanted to be Gordon Gecko and thought that the Wall Street and econ route was the, the coolest thing ever. And as I learned more and more about sort of corporate finance, I became less and less interested um, and towards the end of kind of my kind of formal education, I became interested in energy actually. Hmm. Um, and so while I was, you know, doing internships at, at Merrill Lynch and, and working there, um, I started getting into kind of the kind of economic aspect around how do you deal with energy and energy systems. Right. That led me into a lot of the work that my father actually was actually doing at the time, which was optimization and decision-making around energy systems. Um, now his research lab had spent most of its career 
focusing in on logistics. How do you make decisions over big, complex logistics and supply chain problems? Um, and that's where we started to see sort of a, an inkling of, of an opportunity. And so we first started Optimal Dynamics because we knew logistics and supply chain was starting to gain a lot of data and we had some really cool tools to implement. And it wasn't until you know mid to late 2017 where we thought that this could become you know a, a truly scalable uh, software company. And so we sort of, I personally sort of backed into kind of where I am now, not intentionally, but through uh, through realizing that being Gordon Gecko is much cooler in a movie, and then now, we're, <laughs> now we're optimizing trucks. Which is awesome. I mean, I think that's really cool, but I'm kind of a supply chain nerd. I've been in supply chain for a very, very long time. Um, but it's that's not really, you know, a different story than most of us who got into supply chain because we either backed into it. <laughs> we didn't jump into it necessarily <laughs> with two feet until most recently. <laughs> um, or we sort of fell into it, right? So backed into it, fell into it, what have you. That's that's a really great story. And it's interesting to bring energy and logistics together because you don't really, you know, hear about that. So give us an overview before we get into the nitty gritty. What does Optimal Dynamics do? How do you help your customers? Yeah, we are a decision intelligence company. So we focus today on helping logistics companies, specifically truck truckload operations, make better strategic and operational decisions. Hmm. So we help our customers make decisions, everything from how many trucks do they buy a year out who are their best customers down to automating decisions that they're making a week in advance in terms of what loads should they accept all the way to, you know, should, you know, what driver should actually accept each load. Oh, really? So we help the whole kind of continuous planning process of making automi- automating and optimizing decisions for logistics, trucking, trucking operations. So we work with companies that all the way down to like a 50 truck, um, middle market operation all the way to some of the largest uh, for hire fleets in the nations and some very robust private fleets as well. Hmm, I like that. So you're, you know, thinking about the present and a couple of hours out, but then you're also helping them think about the future and a year from now based on the data that you're collecting. That's exactly right. Um, we don't view solving these problems as, you know, just viewing like solving one link in the chain. Right. A lot of the focus to date has been down on that nitty gritty day of decision. Okay. Does, you know, Frank or Sarah or, or John take this load? But once you're already making that decision, the game has already been set. Right. You're already working with your customers. Your drivers have already been hired. The rates have already been set. The tenders and contracts have already been sort of built. You've already accepted the loads. And so at that point, most of the control is out of your hands and you're really solving kind of for the scraps. Mm -hmm. But when, if you have systems that can not only, you know, handle the higher level strategic kind of foundational level, but through the entire links of the chain of making decisions, we can get a lot of compounding effects. We can make sure our rates are set and our contracts are correct and our drivers in the right place. We can make sure that on a dynamic basis, we're accepting the right loads and freight into our business. And then when it comes time to actually execute, you know, we can do that in the most efficient way. But we view this as a really a, a kind of an entire holistic decision rather than just, you know, which driver takes which load. Because let's get so at that point, it's sort of out of your control. 
Yeah, you keep mentioning that about which driver takes which load. Like, what difference does that make for companies? How important is that decision? It's important, but for purchasing technology, if you were just doing that, it sometimes doesn't make sense. Right. Drivers have to be handled properly. Um, we need to make sure we can get through a lot of nuanced data quickly. Um, but in terms of driving that ROI, if you go in only solving that problem, mm-hmm. you're going to be disappointed. Right. But, but it is just, a, it is an important part of the the decision making platform and software that you're you're looking to buy. Is it is incredibly important. Okay. It's just sort of the last link of the chain. So okay. yes, with the weak weakest link, sort of the system breaks. But if that's the only link you're playing with, it's not going to drive the impact that you're looking for. Right. But if you can solve the the kind of higher level links of the foundational and tactical decisions that you're making, these are the biggest drivers where we see about 80% of the impact within our customer wow. base. If you can set those, the dispatching that day of execution is sort of what brings it over the finish line. So okay. yes, it's important, but if you're only thinking about getting over the finish line and not actually doing the whole race, yeah, yeah. it's not going to pan out exactly how, as, as you like. And so that's okay. why we think about the whole problem holistically with one tool and really break down those barriers between planning and execution because there's just a lot of compounding effects that we believe a lot of our customers, you know, haven't really realized. They haven't actually asked the questions or seen the ROI potential from looking at their their problem in a much more wide spectrum. Yeah, but knowing that that's part of the solution as well is, you know, really nice to know when you're looking at working with somebody like an optimal dynamic. So before we go any further, can you explain core.ai to us? It's complex and I know there's a lot of research that sits behind it, but just break it down for us. What is core.ai and how does it work? What is it facilitating? Yeah, so core AI is our underlying engine uh, behind the optimal dynamics platform. Um, and it is the building block of almost 40 years of research and development to help make decisions in uncertain environments. And so that is what it is. It's a, uh, an advanced, basically what we call high dimensional AI platform for making decisions. Now, it is a bit of an iceberg. All of this in terms of what OD does is that this sits underneath the application. This isn't right. a big, scary tool that our customers are going to have to learn and hire engineers for the fact that this system can learn, can adapt, can, you know, uh, think a little bit like a human does and drive these efficiencies. It means when a human gets involved in the product, they're dealing with decisions and not statistics. They're seeing action items and not guidance. And so uh, it means that we can take that final step and not just you know, provide a lot of statistics and ad hoc reports and complex dashboards, but we can provide, you know, actionable decisions that are, you know, basically solved and then allow humans to manage exceptions and deal with relationships. And so Core AI is the brain that sits behind OD and it's what makes us unique in terms of the decisions that we can drive and what we can optimize for for our customers. Well, that's really fascinating. I mean, there's a lot here that I'm kind of hearing for the first time. And just before we move on, can you give us a picture of AI in logistics right now? What's what's happening versus what we think is happening? Because in my research, you say that only 1% of AI initiatives in logistics make it into full production. And that's a bit of a crazy stat considering 
we are talking about this at conferences, you know, industry conferences and webinars, things like that. So it almost seems like people are using AI technology more than they actually are. And I think the reality is that if we had better AI technology in place, we could avoid billions of dollars of waste throughout global logistics. Is that right? T- talk to us a little bit about this. Yeah, and that comes up from a report that that wasn't that's not an OD statistic. That is a that is a, a an industry report. Mm. I think first the important thing is to not use AI as one shiny sort of Terminator like hammer. Right. It's a box of math. It's a box of math strategies to allow computers to learn and make okay. decisions. And so it isn't this big, scary thing. However, what you do unfortunately see with an industry is a lot of hand-waving. You see a lot of hand-waving because it sells and it sounds good. Uh, and, you know, the industry went through some uh, ups and downs. You know, using AI, you at some point kind of just get a little bit laughed at because many companies were using this as marketing, not as actual tools right. um, to solve. And so I think when we talk about our applications, we don't use it as a crutch. We just view it as one component of our tool to help companies make decisions. And there's right. a lot of areas in our application that don't use any AI or any machine learning to drive decisions. And so for us, we use very unique artificial intelligence approaches for parts of our application where it makes sense. But it is not you know, who we are and the only thing that the platform does. Uh, it is just a tool. And I think if more people viewed AI as just a bucket of different algorithmic approaches, it becomes less scary and people can maybe talk about it a little bit more in an educated way and actually ask the questions when providers say, hey, we use machine learning. They don't look at it as, oh, everyone has machine the same type of machine learning. And they say, oh, how do you use it? What do you use it for? How does it drive decisions? And so unfortunately, over many years, you saw just a lot of hand-waving um, and sort of academically isolated AI approaches that weren't test in production. Yeah. And specifically, when you hit logistics, um, it's a very uncontrolled environment that has a lot of messy attributes and messy data. Mm-hmm. And so getting these toolboxes and tool sets to actually work in the real world and what is a very messy real world is one of the reasons that we benefit from almost four decades of lineage solving these problems. This wasn't something that a couple of college kids in a dorm room could solve in in a couple of years. (laughs) This was uh, a lot of work that I can't take personally all the credit for, but an amazing world leading team did, you know, knocking their heads on a whiteboard for for quite a a long number of decades to, to solve in a proper way. Well, it's a very complex and unique industry, that's for sure. And um, I love the fact that you shared some of the questions that we should be thinking about when we're in front of providers to really find out if they are the right provider for us, right? And so do you see people um, getting more used to the idea of AI and, you know, sort of embracing it a little bit more? I, I think they do. I think, you know, even if they're not educated, and this is something that we spend a lot of time when we interact with our prospects is, um, you know, it's something that they know they should have. It's something that they know they should be looking into. um, And asking the right questions helps, you know, even if you're not fully educated, just asking the right sort of list of questions Mm -hmm. can press on a provider to, you know, answer the responses. And I, and, you know, if you're, you're fairly kind of thoughtful, you'll know if the responses are just hand-waving or if they're they're accurate. 
Um, One thing that we've done as a company is we've empathized that, you know, this stuff is new. Mm -hmm. Not everyone knows exactly what it means and what does it mean for them? And so something that we've done in terms of working with prospects is, you know, not charge them a dime to get started, but use their actual data within our platforms and being able to see kind of the decisions that we would have made. Because at the end of the day, you know, AI, machine learning, all of these buzzwords, they don't mean anything. The only thing that really matters is what decisions are we actually going to help them out with? Mm -hmm. And so seeing data paired with buzzwords actually turn into robust decisions with an ROI, that's what they care about. And so we, you know, empathize, we invest into every prospect to educate them about, you know, what does this type of technology mean for them? And that's been, you know, very helpful for our prospective customers and our current customers who, you know, maybe just start saying, I don't know what I'm actually looking at now, but I know that I should be talking about it. I know I should be learning. And that's a very, you know, robust process to kind of educate themselves quickly on, you know, what does AI mean for, you know, a trucking company? And so Mm -hmm. we think that's important. You put your money where your mouth is. I love that. So let's take a closer look at the product then and dive into how it can help us with our day-to-day operations. Let's start with load planning and dispatch. What is particularly important given the current disruption? Yeah. So we have three modules, a strategic tool, a tactical tool, and a dispatching tool. And as I mentioned, they all work together. So for load planning and dispatching, these really focus on our more operational tools. So these are tools that are used day in and day out. Um, for load planning, that goes into our tactical load planning application. And this is all about making decisions up to two or three weeks into the future, specifically on, can I accept this freight into my network? And also for the growing number of brokerage operations out there, can I move this load with my assets? Or maybe this is a good fit for my brokerage team. And so that makes that that, that decision not only in an automated way, but in an optimized and resilient fashion. We understand that there's dozens of different uh, uh, possibilities of what might happen in two weeks. Things will go wrong. That's the only certainty in logistics is that things will go wrong. And so we can still, with all of that noise, with all the uncertainties that these companies deal with on a daily basis, we can go ahead and respond to a tender 10 days out and figure out if it's going to work for us. And so if it's not going to good fit for our fleet, Maybe we can still respond to the customer and say, yes, we have you covered, but we can start looking for third-party capacity today and not two hours before pickup. And so that's a little bit of our load tendering application. It's sort of proactive responses to business that enters into your operation. On our dispatching, this is a little bit more clear cut. What driver takes the right load and helping with that optimized and automated decision? And as issues arise within the network, and while we try to plan to avoid these, how, how are we going to respond? Truck drives off the road, truck is late. Who now needs to pick up that next load because you know our plans have changed? Right. And so when we think of our plans, we think of resilient self-healing operations. Resilient comes from planning for uncertain environments, making decisions that work in almost every situation. Self-healing is having applications that Realize even if we make plans that work 95% of the time, that 5% of the time is going to happen and we need to be able to respond to it quickly. And so mm-hmm. we think of all these applications as resilient. We try to make decisions that work in almost every possibility, even if things go wrong. But if things really go wrong, 
also having the tools that help us respond quickly uh, to those issues. So important. And I think, you know, planning and visibility helps in real optimization and strategization. So let's turn to visibility then, because you've got a product called Future Visibility. um, And the insights that visibility brings to us has to be one of the most important things in supply chain right now. And everybody's kind of talking about it. If we're talking about a buzzword, I think that's a buzzword. How does that work with optimal and with core dot AI to really bring that true optimization. Yeah. Uh, visibility has been an, a, a great uh, achievement over the last year. So a company like Project 44 and Four Kites allowing for wide adoption of visibility of, of, right. of operations. Future visibility is a, sort of a key name for a feature that we have, and it really embodies kind of what the application does. Most of the decisions that we make are not for here and now. It's not is this truck, you know, 12 minutes delayed? It's what are the decisions that we can make tomorrow, the next day, a week into the future? So future visibility allows us to make those resilient decisions. It allows us to respond to as freight comes in, in a robust and accurate way so that we are confident that we've made a good decision, even if it's days and days into the future. Think of it a little bit like a weather forecast. It also allows you to proactively find issues at your network. Mm-hmm. So we have a tool that's called our tactical procurement tool that shows you where proactive gaps are going to lie within your network. Hmm. So in four days, if we have a shortage of freight in Mississippi, it'll provide that information. It'll let you know that you're four loads short and that you're going to have drivers sitting around if you don't cover that. And that sort of proactive nature within the application it sort of encompasses what we think of as future visibility. And so this is going beyond of, that critical information of where your truck is today, but starting to think about the next step of what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, a week down into the future. Yeah. And it sounds like that helps with collaboration internally, right? Because we're talking about operations, but then you're talking about sales because if you don't have four loads um, in the next couple of days and you've got to go find those loads, that does bring in sales. It could bring in marketing. It could bring in the customer experience team. And so that kind of brings everybody together. It does. And it gives you the only attribute we can't manage is time, right? right? It gives you time to make decisions. You know, we love our logistics colleagues, and they have quite a few number of bar, bar stories about how they found a truck in two hours um, and probably paid three times more than they wanted to. Mm. Um, we're trying to avoid that. You know, If they had the decision a day or three days, they could collaborate with their teams. They could figure out freight that fits well for their network, not just a Band-Aid. And they can make these decisions before kind of they get all their bar stories. And so... While we may be reducing the number of bar stories that these guys are going to have, um, we do allow them to have extra time in their decisions and allow them to collaborate and work together. And I think that's actually a lot of what we think about the platform. You know, we, we get in, is this, oh, is this going to automate everything? And our, our focus is, is that, you know, logistics is like the world's biggest chess game and humans are really terrible at chess for the most part. Um, and so, yes, we're going to automate the 90% of decisions that, you know, humans are terrible out and we can't do well, but we're going to give more time to the things that you guys neglect daily to collaborate with human beings, to work with your customers, to find business. Uh, and, and we think that's going to drive sort of, you know, uncalculable uh, impacts to these companies versus just optimizing for profits and costs. 
Yeah. And if the biggest challenge that we have is, you know, what stories are we going to talk about over a drink? I mean, (laughs) that's not a bad challenge to have. But let's talk about integration because it's one of the most asked questions when people are considering onboarding a new technology, right? Management is just thinking, how long is this going to take me? How hard or disruptive is this process going to be? How much time are you taking away from my IT team? So what does that look like with Optimal? Yeah, so there's there's a couple different paths here. So first, you know, our three applications are almost all bought together, um, and we roll them out in a sequence. So we can get going with a company with no integrations. You know, just one Excel file. If you can run a POC with OD, you can get up and running on our tools uh, with no integrations. And this starts to allow you to ask, you know, the what if questions you've always been asking. It allows you to respond to bids and contracts. Um, as you deploy the operational systems that are helping with the automation and daily, we have really two avenues. Uh, if you're on one of our pre-integrated tech partners, uh, it makes it really streamlined and OD does the entire onboarding process. If you're using a custom system you built in-house or if you're you know, a large enterprise that has a lot of customizations, we have a great integrations team that has a flexible uh, data layer that allows almost any data format and any data structure to kind of connect to our platform. And so there's a couple, you know, different ways to hook up with OD. And we remember always have this phased approach so we can get going and start driving insights with almost no or minimal IT resources from our customers. Amazing. And I know that the audience is kind of (laughs) probably a sigh of relief. That sounds so good, right? Because a lot of times with that integration, it's such a a big concern. But before we move on to the last few questions, I wanted to ask you about your unique perspective, because when I was doing research for the show, you know, there was something that stood out to me, particularly in comparison to other tech companies in the market. Other companies call themselves innovators, but you talk about learning and education. It's a subtle difference, but I think it's a very, very big difference. So what does that distinction mean to you? How does it set you apart? Yeah, um, we kind of view that education is part of our DNA here. We are an academic company that came from academic roots, and continually learning is kind of what made us to who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we, we view that robust learning and impact is going to eventually drive innovation, but just innovating to innovate isn't kind of who we are. So we are always learning as a company. We do academic courses internally um, led by some great people uh, and academics on our side. Uh, And so it's just an integral part. And so anyone who comes in the company has to be eager to learn. You know, they have to be eager to um, learn things that are out of their comfort zone and we get a lot of employees who join us who, you know, turn down kind of the big flashy jobs at the, you know, the big tech companies because this is an opportunity to learn some really unique items. And, you know, they take that and drive what is kind of products that will innovate on their own. And so we don't view us as just a Silicon Valley company that's disrupting X, Y, and Z. We mm-hmm. view us as the continuation of decades of learning that we're now just deploying to market in a kind of a consumable way. Yeah. And people turning down those opportunities and coming to work for you is just a testament to your leadership and your leadership team and how you've created that corporate culture, which is really, really important. People want to work for a company where they can make an impact not only in their own lives, right, their personal lives, but also for the company. And, you know, 
in society as well. And so I think you're you're doing a great job with that. So let's get into your ideal client. You kind of mentioned it at the beginning, but I just want to hone in a little bit more as to, you know, if I'm sitting in the audience and I'm thinking this is really awesome and exactly what I need, I just want to get an idea of whether I'm going to be an ideal client for you. Sure. So you may hear OD about becoming the decision layer of logistics and supply chain. That's sort of how we frame our company. Uh, but today, one of our core focuses and our, basically our key core focus is improving operations and decisions for logistics and trucking companies. So mm-hmm. our ideal clients and customers are companies with full truckload networks that range from typically around 50 uh, assets all the way to you know the largest enterprises in the world. And then also, you know, retail and consumer goods companies who are own, owning and managing private fleets, or in some cases, if they closely manage their dedicated fleet, um, there's opportunities for us to get involved there as well. Amazing. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. And now it's time for the case study. Everyone knows I love this one. So I'm excited at the thought of what you might have to share. So bring this discussion to life for us. What was one of your customers' core challenges, and what was the impact or ROI of utilizing your solution? Yeah. So, you know, because we're so focused today, a lot of our customers have, you know, pretty consistent uh, operational problems. And it's, you know, they do run their business today. You know, their business still works today, but there's a lot of area of improvement. There's a lot of juice to squeeze. Um, Some of our most exciting case studies come on two sides, which is one, the proof that the decisions are working and two, you know, the ROI. So mm-hmm. on one side of the decisions are working, we've hit north of what we call 95% compliance on the software. So Ooh. this means 95% of the decisions go through and are implemented without any edits. Um, wow. And, you know, we're starting to near hundred percent in isolated cases with our customers, which is sort of the dream, you know, allow the decision, the operational decisions to be driven by the platform and allow the humans to work on those human issues that, you know, computers are we'll call decades away uh, from actually reasonably solving. Um, and then on the ROI, we've been able in some cases to drive profits by 20 to 30% um, wow. for our customers. And so we've been able to really drive um, impactful ROI that's, you know, down to the accounting statements um, for some of our early customers, which is, you know, really exciting. Yeah. And sounds like they're going to be really happy. Those are high numbers. Congratulations. They're high numbers. Yeah, our job is to make sure that we can keep doing it over and over again. So we invest a lot into our teams, our deployment teams, our engineering teams, so that you know every customer of every shape and size and type and color, you know, can use the you know tool, and, and it's you know not just isolated for a select few companies. And so right. a lot of the work that we do is making sure that no matter what your company looks like or how it operates, is that you can leverage our tools in what it should be a straightforward way. And hopefully get, you know, impactful, repeatable impact from the application that is, you know, what we believe material, uh, Mm -hmm. not just a percentage bump here or there, but uh, a a fundamental, you know, shift in terms of how decisions are made, which start to add up. Um, Yeah, well, I can't believe we're at the last question. So my question, my final question to you is, what does the future hold for Optimal Dynamics? What can we expect to see from you? (laughs) Sure. Um, while we can't un- unveil everything, um, you will see two things. One, us continually in- investing into our customers on our core product uh, and growing a lot. So our company is almost you know, doubling, tripling in size every single year. Uh, we're really scaling out our operations. And you know, I think we have some, a lot of exciting uh, downstream applications for general logistics and supply chain. So OD was started to be 
the decision layer of logistics and supply chain. Um, and we're going to be focusing at that. So we're not going to be the next marketplace. We're not going to be the next widget, um, but we are going to hopefully spread our application as far and wide as we can throughout logistics and supply chain to help you know every company make better decisions. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And I am so energized by this conversation. Over the last couple of years, we've talked so much about disruption and challenges and obstacles, and quite rightly so, because it's helped to highlight a lot of areas that as an industry, we can improve on. And you can only improve in the future if you reflect on where you've been. But it's been so refreshing today to be reminded of the potential, the huge potential to be found within logistics. It's exciting to have conversations around the positives of AI and how that's woven into decades of hard work and dedication by people who are so visionary in what they can see for our industry. I really think that this conversation will have given our listeners a lot to think about and perhaps maybe changed a few perspectives. If you want to find out more, you can check out Optimal Dynamics at OptimalDynamics.com. A massive thanks to Daniel for joining me and to the team at Optimal Dynamics for making this episode happen. Thanks so much, Daniel. Yeah, thanks so much. Had a blast. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. If you would like to hear more, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to our YouTube channel or our website, letstalksupplychain.com, to check out the latest and remember to use the search bar. If you have a challenge in supply chain, we have most likely had the solution on our show, so go and check it out. And remember to come back next week where I'll be ta talking to Kushal from Farai all about what they are doing in the last mile space, putting the customer first and really changing the industry on its head with their innovative technology. If you enjoy our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok as well. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. If you would like to make an impact on diversity and inclusion, please come and join us at the Blended Pledge. You can find our page on LinkedIn. You can also find our page on GoFundMe if you'd like to make an impact through a donation. Plus, you can reach out to me if you are an organization looking for external DEI initiatives. We have the sponsorship package for you. So make sure to reach out and let's all make an impact in diversity and inclusion today. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. And remember, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, go and rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.